Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Double FM Sports. I'm Todd File. I'm Ethan Fager. And I'm Jeremy Drack. And today, got a pretty normal episode, not a whole lot going on. Um, news is actually pretty light, although we'll probably end no, up taking... Don't say that, because we'll take an hour anyway. Oh, yeah, last, last week it was an hour, and you said it was pretty short because we caught up. Yeah. This, I actually mean short, though, but... Hopefully. Anyway, um, then we'll start doing uh, a series of NBA roster outlooks. Uh, if you remember what we did with the NFL, uh, we're just going to do the same thing. So today we are covering what Pacific and Northwest. Northwest, Northwest, yeah. yeah. Um, and then we'll do oddities and hot takes like normal. So I guess we'll open up with news and. Um, Bit of news coming out of the NFL. Um, probably the biggest is that the Pittsburgh Steelers are now defeated. They are eleven and one after losing to the Washington football team last night, twenty three seventeen. Sounds about right. Yeah. All I gotta say, all I gotta say, is look back like a couple podcasts ago, and I said on air that Washington would be the team to beat Pittsburgh. And the two, specifically Ethan, not really Todd, but I got completely ridiculed for saying that. And now look at where we are. I mean, just look at it. Like, I'm not surprised at all. Being someone that has, you know, watched his fair share of Pittsburgh games, Ethan, like I'm sure you have, that is the type of team that Pittsburgh loses to. 100%. Now, I, I, I do got to say, I think, I think Pittsburgh, and now granted, I don't think anybody listening to this is going to, but you can ask my mom. I told her, I said, I think Pittsburgh needs to lose. I don't think there's any way that if Pittsburgh goes undefeated 16-0, that they're winning the Super Bowl. 100%. Yeah. I, just, I, I don't see that happening. And so I think it's good and a humbling loss. Maybe it's tough knowing the fact that, they did it to Washington rather than Indianapolis or Buffalo and actually really good team. But, you know, I, I'm not surprised. And as I, I guess I want to speak on this as the uh, resident Steeler fan, um, you know, we, uh, I think we can all agree that the Steelers have been escaping the last couple weeks from games. Oh, absolutely. I, it was just it was just bound to happen at some point that they were just going to get on the other side of one of those ugly games. So and and in their defense, they are missing at least that by the end of the game they were missing Joe Hayden, Stephen Nelson, Devin Bush, um, Robert Spillane, um, Bud Dupree, Bud Dupree. They were also missing um, James Connor and Chris Boswell. I mean that's like and there's and, and they're starting center. Yeah, and their starting center, Marquise Pouncey, who was on COVID list, I believe. I mean, yeah, that was, I mean, that's like 10 guys that you're missing. But you're putting – most of that pressure is coming on, on the defense. And frankly, I mean, we look at the Washington offense. Who do they have that isn't named Terry McLaurin? Especially I, after Antonio Gibson. Actually, in all honesty, that Cam Sims guy is pretty good. He had a okay. good game. He had a good yeah. game. Yeah. But and Logan Thomas at tight end or whatever. Yeah, I'll give Logan Thomas credit where where credit's due. I think he's probably 
he's probably I would consider him an actually good player, whereas Cam Sims I wouldn't. I would just say he had a good game. But um, to be hundred percent honest, Alex Smith played pretty freaking good for having a snapped in half, almost losing his leg injury two years ago. I mean, I know people were talking about Big Ben being comeback player of the year, but how do you not give it to Alex Smith? No, you have to give it to Alex Smith at this point, especially since he beat the Steelers, too. I mean, yeah, definitely an argument to be made. But getting back to what I was saying, you you can't blame this game on the Steelers' defense because the Steelers couldn't get anything going on offense. And a lot of that came from dropping a bunch of balls. I know tight end-wise, Eric Ebron, I think, dropped three or four passes, which really sucked because he was he my did, fantasy tight end on, like, three of my fantasy he teams. Did the, he did the exact same thing last game, too. We um, just, I mean, there were just drops everywhere, though, not even just Ebron. Oh, Deontay Johnson had a couple. I think Juju had one or two. Juju had that big one. The only receiver that actually played well, in my mind, was James Washington with that 50-yard touchdown. Honestly, yeah. I so Claypool, so. Claypool played all right. I mean, he didn't really do much, but he played all right. Claypool didn't have any mistakes, but he didn't have any big plays. Yeah. So, and the Steelers have a huge game against Buffalo Sunday night. But honestly, like you said, I feel like we beat the good teams, but lose to the bad teams. Well, in that case, no, no, I don't, I don't, I don't, I mean, yes and no. I feel like, you know, the Steelers play the Bengals in about two or so weeks. Like, I see them beating the Bengals. However, I don't see them beating the Colts. I think that'll be Pittsburgh's second loss of the season. Them beating the Browns. I think they can. It really just kind of depends on where Baker Mayfield in his progression of being a good quarterback and being a horrible quarterback. Well, also, it depends on what Baker shows up. If the Baker from the Titans game shows up, they've got a strong sh- chance. But if the Baker from, let's say, the Steelers the first time shows up, it's over. Yeah. But, yeah, the Steelers are 11-1. and one. I think they still have the number one overall seed in the AFC for some reason. They I are high no, with the Chiefs. No, no, they do because they lost to an NFC team and the Chiefs lost to an AFC team. They lost that to an conference sense. team. So I guess the Steelers are technically still the number one in the um, AFC or in the AFC. But – but now, actually, I was just going to say the NFC East um, is looking a little less like a joke at this point. With oh, no, the, it's still a joke. But with the Titans yeah. the Seahawks and the football team beating the Steelers, I mean. Hey, the Cowboys have a chance to make it a three-peat and put the Ravens down. Yeah, the, the, obviously the Eagles didn't play that well, but we'll see. No, yeah. the Eagles almost beat the Packers. It was like a one-score game, wasn't it? It was, it was a two-score. It was 30-16. to 16. 14, 14 points. Okay. But, like, I still think that – now, granted, I wouldn't say they're still not a joke. But, I mean, the Giants have kind of been on fire the last couple of weeks. So, so is Washington, honestly. I mean, especially with uh, Colt McCoy. Give that man a statue in front of the Giants stadium. I don't think he's won a game he's started in, like, six and we, years. And we have to remember, they don't even have Saquon Barkley right now. Yeah, they're doing this with Wayne Gallman. Which, hmm. no offense to Wayne Gallman, he is my running back, too, in, like, two of my fantasy leagues. So, I can't really say too much bad about him because he's helping me win, but he's not Saquon. Yeah, but I guess, um, JR, you wanted to speak on this. Some interesting news out of Philadelphia. I'll let you um, go ahead with that. 
Yeah, so um, Carson Wentz, as we all know, has not been playing too well at all. And he got benched for a quarterback named Jalen. I bet that one hurts. Oh, my God. I can't believe you said that. I, oh. I told you it was bad. I said before the show that this was going to be terrible. And I was well, right. Hey, I got to say Alabama and the NFL, we're killing it now. And, wow. of course, Ethan has to throw that in there. So, hold up. First off, it wasn't the Utah Jazz show. Then it wasn't the Duke show. It's still not the Alabama show, buddy. Yeah, yeah. But and I wouldn't quite – I, I would uh, not call it killing it in the NFL. Jalen Hurts did have one touchdown and one interception for, like, 6 of 12. So it wasn't necessarily that good of a debut, but it's better than Wentz. That, that it was is true. It's better than Wentz was playing against the Packers. He did better. Actually, no. Wentz's statistics were better. So why did they bench him then? Because they were still trash. But now, do you think, um, to you guys, do you think this is a long-term thing, or do you think this is a one-week? We'll test it out, see how it goes. I think it depends on. <laughs> I, I don't think it's inherently a we'll test it out and see how it goes, but I think that's kind of implied um, because if Hertz goes out next week and just like plays awfully, like you're going to bench him and you're going to put Carson Wentz back in. Yeah. Now they might not be coming out saying, yeah, this is just a one week thing. We'll see where it goes, but that's what you're going to do anyway. Yeah, I think you could see a old-fashioned, you know, college-style fight for the quarterback spot because, quite frankly, Philadelphia needs to get it figured out. I mean, it's it's really – the problem isn't the quarterback, though. I feel like the quarterback is just – the disparity at the quarterback position is just exacerbated by the problems they have everywhere else. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I definitely would agree with that. The wide receiver core and the offensive line, they're just revolving doors of guys coming in from the bench and then getting hurt and then other guys coming in for the bench. And then a guy gets healthy to replace one of the bench players that got hurt, you know? I just, yeah, I just think they, they just haven't had any consistency in any of those position-wise. There's no continuity. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I saw a statistic. I actually watched the first part of the little, like, probably the first minute or two of the Eagles game before turning it off because I did not want to watch the Packers blow them out. <laughs> and I think they said that the Eagles have had 11 starting offensive line combinations in the past 12 weeks. Exactly. There's, there's no continuity. And that, that just doesn't – that just almost never bodes well for a team. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I guess – do we have any, um, any other NFL news? Um. Todd, your hot take almost went down this past week. It took uh, about 38 seconds for it to stay oh, yeah, alive. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> New York Jets are still winless because only the Jets can blow a game with 38 seconds left and the Raiders in their own territory. Look, all well, because, I'm saying because... – Oh, God, yeah. Ethan, it's your fault. It is completely your fault. Literally, you said, Todd, your hot take is no more in the podcast group. I, well, the Jets have lost like a minute left, and I thought it was over. 
And I was like, Ethan, it's not over. There's 38 seconds. And what do you know? Henry Ruggs from 50-some yards out or whatever it was. Touchdown, Raiders win. And I was like, yep, Ethan, that's exactly what you now, get. Now, but we should point out that the Jets did fire the defensive coordinator after that play. Of course, because- it's the defensive coordinator that goes. Not Adam Gase, not their GM. It's Greg Williams. <laughs> no, and because – well, they're saying because the the uh, – all out blitzed on that play, which obviously you shouldn't do. But I don't think firing the defensive coordinator is going to solve any of your problems there. Well, here, I'll put it this way. This is what I did in our in our group chat for the podcast. I said, you fired your defensive coordinator, you might as well just fire the New York Jets as a whole. Like the whole organization. Just like start over. Like, I, um, why is, Honestly, why is Adam Gase still there? Like, That's my someone, question. Can someone explain to me why he's still the head coach of the New York Jets? What has he done for that team that is good, you know? I mean, Matt Patricia just got fired by the Lions, who have a couple of wins. I would take Matt Patricia over Adam Gase. Yeah, exactly. So maybe fire Adam Gase and put in Matt Patricia there real quick. Or be one of those teams looking for Robert Sala. I think think truly what they're doing is they're waiting for the college season to end so they can hire Lincoln Riley. Because that's the rumor that I've heard. As they're looking after the Oklahoma, the Lions, coach. the Lions are five and seven, and they fired Matt Patricia. Yeah, but it's not a matter of, it's not a matter of are they bad enough to fire their head coach. It's a matter of if their head coach they want is available, which Lincoln Riley won't become until end of college season. So why fire your coach now? Exactly, that's what I'm saying though. Like. Why would you fire Adam Gase to hire someone for three games just to lose oh, those three I games? You. I, I thought we were still talking about the Lions here. I guess. Oh, you. no, no, yeah. No, the Lions actually want Robert Sala. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's from that area, too. Yeah. He's from Dearborn, so. Um, I guess. That's, that's all I got. Yeah, um, obviously, tonight, yeah, Ravens for the Cowboys, um, and then – Things start to get – I think our as of now, things are back to a more normal schedule. We're, we're not going to see – at least as of now, we don't have any Tuesday or Wednesday night games on the docket. So yeah. Specifically – actually, we have some sat- – well, no, that's normal. There's some Saturday games come week 15, but – That is pretty normal. normal. That's yeah. normal. But, yeah, but I'm, I'm assuming there's going to be another COVID thing um, with some team somewhere. So, oh, absolutely. Oh, I, I do want to point out, Lamar Jackson did get removed from the COVID yeah, so he, list. So he is available. Is he going to start tonight? or is? I would imagine. I can't see why he wouldn't. Yeah, I'm, I'm just saying, if I don't know if he's had enough time to, like, react to the Ravens' offense. I don't know. He played the first 10 weeks, though. So, like, I would think I he think I think he'll be fine, but, yeah. Um, but anything else in the NFL that anyone has? No, nope. I got. So do you just want to go right to college football? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Um, well, Ooh, actually, there it was is a week. Th- it was a week. Let me tell you. Uh, well, I should first off by say that the Ohio State Michigan game was canceled this Saturday. So I don't know. As of now, Ohio State's not eligible to be in the Big Ten championship. Now, there, there's rumors they would revisit that rule and make an exception. I don't know if that's for this year or, like, future as well. But... Yes, Ohio State will not be in the Big Ten championship. I'm assuming there's obviously going to be a lot of discussion about it. Um, 
for the next couple weeks here. But as of right this instant, they are not going to be in the Big Ten championship. So as of now, that puts Indiana in there with Northwestern, correct? Yeah. Oh, that would be such a terrible game. <laughs> hey, speaking of Indiana, I mean, they, Jake Tuttle went out and played pretty well for you know his beat, first they ever. Beat, game. They beat Wisconsin. Good Wisconsin yeah. team. So, um, yeah. Um, I mean, if we want to, I mean, there was a number of really good games. I mean, you had a Sun Belt game on Friday night with Louisiana and App State, which was, I mean, as we've seen at the Sun Belt this season, it was a very, very good game. I mean, yeah. That's the Sun Belt game you bring up. <laughs> hey, no, no, I was getting there. I was getting there. You, well, I'm I mean, like, oh, okay, Sun Belt. He's going to bring up Coastal Carolina beating actually, I'm, I was very excited to see College Game Day was actually in Coastal Carolina. That was one of the biggest things for me. I brought out my Coastal Carolina shirt that I got like five years ago, and I was proud to wear it during that game. And Coastal Carolina beat BYU. That's a very good win for them. Yeah, I mean, that could I could definitely see that propelling them into like the top 12 ranking wise they're 11 right now they're 11 wait did the rankings come out yeah it's tuesday rankings come out on monday i didn't even see that yeah yeah Uh yeah but coastal carolina they could be the power the non-power five team that represents i don't think that happens you think it's still cincinnati i think so just probably i mean how often have we seen college football rankings where it's never it, it it's about pedigree you know i mean there's a reason why we're even having this conversation about if there's going to be a non-power five team because there's almost never a power five team i don't know that there ever has been since they've been using the uh the four team playoff format well look um, all, all i got i'm not saying is... college football playoff i'm saying new year's six or even that format, I don't know that there has ever been a non-Power 5 team in there because they always get shunned. Regardless. No, no, there, there, no, no, no they always, have to have one. There is they, always at least one in the New Year's Six, but it'll, it's it will end up being Cincinnati. I, I don't see a world where Coastal Carolina jumps Cincinnati unless Cincinnati loses. Yeah. Now, I do want to point out, <laughs> I do want to point out, if you want to compare non-Power 5 to Power 5, Coastal Carolina does have the best football record in South Carolina. And let me remind you that Clemson plays in South Carolina. I mean, yeah, but strength of schedule too. You know, Sunbelt team playing other Sunbelt teams versus the ACC, which now has Notre Dame too. The Sunbelt has slightly become kind of, I mean, that's a competitive conference. Don't even try to compare it to the ACC. Yeah, no, no. I'm not comparing it to the ACC. I'm just I'm saying, I mean, the Sun Belt in the last three years, I think, has had four of their teams end up in the top 25. No, no way. Coastal Carolina, App State, UL, and I'm pretty sure there's another one. Wait, you're saying for the past you were saying for the past four years they've yeah, had App, App State was ranked a couple years ago. Oh, oh, you're saying out of those four years, they've had a team in the top 25. 
Yeah, yeah. I thought you were saying they had four teams in the top 25 for the past four years. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. no. Um, in other news, I mean, you want to talk about non-Power 5 teams that did not play well? Marshall got shut out by one and two Rice. I mean, yeah, that's embarrassing. Grant, Grant Wells threw five picks that game. That's uh, that's tough. That's an L. Um, now I guess we can talk about Heisman again. Where do you see Zach Wilson now after mm-hmm. I guess what you what you could consider a not so great performance against Coastal Carolina? Not so great performance. Zach Wilson played pretty good that game. I wouldn't put that game on him. Yeah, but do you it's still lost? But do you, so I guess obviously Kyle Trask is the front runner, right? We're I would gonna, say. Now, who do you see as the number two? Trevor Lawrence, to be honest. You see Trevor Lawrence. Okay. You don't like that. You wanted me to say Mac Jones. Well, what if, so what if Mac Jones outperforms Kyle Trask in the SEC championship? He won't. What if he does? He won't. But what if he does? Well, what's what's outperforming? Is it beating him by a touch? Is it like 350-350 with three touchdowns and two touchdowns for Trask? I mean, it's, I'm saying in a hypothetical world, I'm not saying this is going to happen. I don't think it is. But like, let's just say Kyle Trask has like a bad game and Mac Jones has a good game. And I define a bad game as maybe Kyle Trask throws two picks, has two touchdowns, and has like 300 yards. Mac Jones throws for like 300 with three touchdowns and zero picks. Do you, would you would you consider Mac Jones ahead of Kyle Trask? That's what I'm asking. In all honesty, no. Really? Okay. I'm I, not, think, I'm not. I think Kyle Trask is worlds above the comp- competition when it comes to Heisman but race. Would you, I mean, say he, would you say he has it locked up now? I would not say locked up because that's just college football, but Kyle Trask, I believe, is top five in four different quarterback ranking like systems between passing yards, passing touchdowns, interceptions, and QBR. I mean, that that's a recipe for Heisman in my in my book. Yeah, and I guess we can. Speaking of that, we'll go. We'll talk about the college football playoffs now. So, if Ohio State doesn't win the Big Ten championship, I don't. Can they make the playoffs still? Technically, yeah. Yes, they can. Do you think they would be in if they didn't play in the Big Ten championship? I think they would, simply because it would be. I think that the college football rankers would think it's wrong to have two SEC teams and two Big Ten or Big not Big Twelve, two ACC teams. So I just think obviously. That like if Alabama wins out, they beat Arkansas, they beat Florida, they'll probably be in, right? I oh. think Alabama at this point's lock, and you just wanted to talk about Alabama. But it's gonna be interesting. So obviously, we'll give them that. So obviously, like Clemson and Notre Dame playing the ACC championship. So what happens if Clemson wins? If Clemson wins, in all honesty, I think Notre Dame can stay in. I think if Notre Dame wins, though, I think Clemson could be bumped doubt for an sec team sec team either florida or texas a&m whoever they would rank ahead i don't think it would be florida because if alabama beats florida it wouldn't be florida right that's true yeah i, I mean so it could be a&m very well um and a and a good program and nobody realizes that i don't think yeah they're they're very like just been very under the table 
um, this year. No, no, under the radar. Under, under the, the radar, radar, not under the table. Sorry. Yeah, they're just they're an underrated football team. Yeah, I would agree. Um, but I guess yeah, college football. There's a lot of good games this week. Um, we next had two week, big, we had two big upsets in the Pac-12 with Stanford beating Washington and um, Cal versus Oregon. Cal out on top of that, that actually, one. Cal versus Oregon that actually kind of shocked me a little bit. It didn't shock me. Oregon's what? Oh and two? Oh, three and two. They're <laughs> only two games that I've watched. Um, but yeah, next week I believe is the last, I guess, regular season week. Then you go to conference championships, and I think the week after is when they decide the playoffs. I mean, the, the Army Navy games around there sometime as well. Mm-hmm. But there's some good games next week. I mean, you got an ACC duel of UNC and Miami. Todd, your Hurricanes. Um, I think we win that. I don't think UNC wins, but Miami is a three and a half point favorite so i can definitely i definitely see a world where miami should have that game locked up i mean it's a one loss team versus a three loss team so i mean you also got wisconsin versus iowa which is an even spread so i guess that's a toss-up pretty much and you also got washington oregon yeah could be a good game um to cap off the regular season then I think actually I would say most I think aren't like most of the big conference championships kind of wrapped up already at this point. Regular season, not the championship game, but yeah. You mean like who's? Yeah, it? yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of them actually got canceled. Like I know Cincinnati versus Tulsa in the American mm-hmm. that's canceled. I mean, we uh, know who would have won that anyway. Yeah. I don't know. Tulsa's up there, boys. Tulsa's no. what? 18? They were like 24. They're 18 right now. Are they? Yeah. Six and one, 18 points. They're 18th place. Who have they played, though? I don't know. Um, right, let's see. Um, okay. Lost to Oklahoma State. Yeah. Beat UCF. Beat USF. Beat East Carolina. Beat SMU. Beat Tulane beat Navy, and the rest of their games have been postponed. Fair enough. I see your point. (laughs) I mean, some of those are legitimate wins, like SMU, UCF, but the rest are just like garbage. But but then what do you have to say about Cincinnati's schedule when the only team that they have won against that's not one of those teams is Army? Hold up. Let me pull up the schedule here. Um, I mean, they're, they're the same conference. So they play generally the same people. Actually, they played a bunch of different teams. So, okay. They they beat Austin PA, um, beat Army, beat USF, beat SMU, beat Memphis, beat Houston, beat East Carolina, beat UCF, and the rest of their games have been postponed. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. I can see Tulsa pulling one out. Maybe. But I guess does any – I guess so that, that – I would say it pretty much wraps it up for college football. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's um, all I, so I guess move, we can move on to the NBA. Um, obviously, a huge trade has happened since the last time we have talked. John Wall 
of the Washington Wizards will now be a Houston Rocket along with a first-round pick going to Houston in exchange for Russell Westbrook. Now, JR is the resident Wizards fan. Um, what your, what's your take on it? Okay, look, and I, I kind of spoke on this a little bit before we started recording. I got no problem talent-wise with the whole swap of Westbrook and Wall. I mean, they're both super athletic, true number one point guards who can handle the ball. Neither of them are too great at shooting the three. So I really don't think you lose anything there. But I think the big problem for me as a Wizards fan is just, you know, the sentimental value that John Wall has given to the Wizards team, which sounds kind of stupid when you don't have, you know. I'm shaking his head profusely right now. It's like Todd, if if the Trailblazers traded Damian Lillard, I feel like that would not sit over well with some big time Trailblazers fans, right? I mean, yes and no, but at the same time, sentimentality doesn't win games. No, it doesn't. That's that's why you got to split them up like I am when you're talking about skill compared to sentimentality. But it does kind of hurt to see John Wall not wearing that red, white, and blue jersey. No, at the same time, you might actually make the playoffs this year. I, I don't know about that one. I don't know. Well, now, how do you, like, JR, how do you think um, Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook are going to work together? Great question. I think they're actually going to do all right because what you have here, which the problem you had in Houston was you had a ball-dominant shooting guard in James Harden and a ball-dominant point guard in Russell Westbrook. Okay. Both of them need the ball in their hands. Bradley Beal does not need the ball in his hands. He's a true shooting guard. I don't know. I, I debate that. I would, I would call him ball-dominant. Oh, no. Okay. See, that's the thing, though. He's ball-dominant and has been for the last two years. Because the Wizards have nobody else to touch the ball. Right, but it's still been two years since he's had to share with somebody. I understand that, but I just I, I don't think that he's gonna like forget how to play as a true shooting guard. I don't I don't think that it's gonna be him forgetting. I just think the first couple of months are gonna be a little rough with him and Westbrook. I don't think so. Unlike James Harden, who just finally showed up to Rockets training camp after partying with little baby, Russell Westbrook on his first day as a wizard came in two hours late, two hours early. I think, I think there's going to be a good relationship. And like I said, I don't know about playoffs. I mean, we're still kind of a young team when it comes. (laughs) I, I was trying to, I was trying to, you know, keep not hurt my feelings too much, but you know, I, I really don't – I don't see the playoffs simply because besides Beal and Westbrook, it's a pretty young, inexperienced team between Hachimura, Denny of Deha. You know, those are both guys that could be very good in five years, but they're first- and second-year players. Now, I'm going to be honest. I, I have a couple things to say. First of all, the Wizards have a lot of potential. And if – and I, what I will say is if Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal want to make this work, they will make this work. And I think they will. I think there's no reason why it won't work. I really don't see it. Yeah, I'm. It. But we just have to. We just have to see how it goes. Um. And we. And I will say to all the fans out there, we can't base it off of one game. If so, if the first game of the season they they don't do well, like don't go around saying, "Oh, this this was a busted trade," because it takes time. Oh, for sure. It takes well, time. Think- it takes time, especially with a big player come going out and a big player coming in to readjust everything. I mean, the same thing is going to be said for Houston because it's going to be 
you know, obviously with, and I guess this is kind of a piece of NBA news with James Harden saying he would like to be shopped around to the 76ers and other teams. But as of now, it's John Wall and James Harden. That same adjustment is going to have to happen, especially with John Wall coming off his Achilles injury. injury. Sure. I mean, uh, I know I, I like to talk about my Wizards, but this one's also going to affect Houston Houston pretty big, too. Yeah. So I guess what else I can uh, say in other related news is we can confirm AD has re-signed with the Lakers. We can also say that LeBron James has signed another two-year extension, which is, I'd say, rather interesting considering the fact that uh, his son, like, Bronny, also is eligible for the NBA at the same year that LeBron expires. Yeah. So oh, you know that. That's what he's going. Hey, that's not interesting. That's exactly that's the storyline that's been written for the last two or three years now. Yeah. But I just wanted to, I just wanted to go on and say we can confirm AD is going to be a Laker for the next couple of years at least. I do want to point out though that LeBron contract, two years, uh-huh. eighty-five mil, forty-two and a half million a year. Sheesh, that There's that's a there. big. That's a big-time contract. I mean, it is LeBron we're talking about, but yeah. It is. 42.5 mil for a 36-year-old guy. I mean, regression's got to hit at some point, right? Like, LeBron James <laughs> is still human. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah. Um, any other NBA news? None that I've um, got. Small bit, not really super important, but I know Monte Morris just recently signed his an, extent, an extension with the Denver Nuggets. That I mean, is not super really huge, small, but yes. yes. Okay. I like um, okay. Um, all right. So I guess with if anyone unless anyone has anything from me news, we can move on to I guess we'll just go into the world of college basketball. Where Duke lost to MSU. Yeah. Okay. Con- congratulations, JR. You got your win. Um listen, I, I said on air that I, I don't think Duke was gonna win. So Sure, sure. He did. I did. And to be fair, you brought it up, Jr. You brought up your Spartans. So I am going to say this to you, and I'm going to say it once. This is not the Michigan State show. Okay, but that was relevant. That was completely relevant. In all fairness, it was a week ago. But it was in news. That's probably. It was an eight versus six matchup. That we had not covered yet. That's huge. We would have covered Gonzaga versus Baylor if it would have happened. It would have been the exact same thing. Yeah, but like you came out swinging with that. I did, but again, it was relevant. It still is. It was. It was a relevant chip shot at Ethan. Exactly. There ain't many times that Michigan State can say they won in Camden. In fact, that's the only time. That's the only time Michigan State has ever won against Duke at Duke. So you're still you're still talking about them. That's historic. I mean, we won we won wherever the heck you guys play last year. So yeah, <laughs> wherever the heck you guys play. Uh, that was actually in uh, what's it called? A um, was that a neutral site? No, it was in Michigan State. All right. Well, all I gotta say is. Elite eight. All right. Anyway, um, I am just going to say this because I thought it was big news, not because I want to talk about my team, 
because it's bad news for us. Uh, Wisconsin slid down the rankings nine spots after losing by two points to Marquette. I don't, I don't understand why they fell nine spots. Um, because Marquette was unranked, and the teams that were above them didn't lose. I mean, it's as simple as that. That's true, yeah. But I guess what else we can talk about is the K- Kentucky's out of the top 25 now. And that's deservedly. They got killed by Georgia Tech. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like five points or like a last-second tip-in free throw like Marquette over Wisconsin. We're talking like – I think it was 15 points or something like that. And as a Duke fan, I mean, I know I was upset about losing to Michigan State, but I'd feel even worse as a Kentucky fan, so – because Michigan's a whole different thing than Georgia Tech. Where is Kentucky? I can't even find them on They're here. They're out of the top 25. I'm talking about their game. When was that? Was they 20. lost 79-62. Yeah. 17. So 17 freaking points. Like, that's a lot. And to be fair, Cal Perry has literally one scholarship player coming back from last year. I mean, that's it. They're all freshmen or transfers. But you expect better, right? I, I mean, against Georgia Tech, yes. Because I don't know, Georgia Tech's not a known big-time ACC school. Actually, um, I, would, I would dispute that. They were actually pretty good last year. Were they? Yeah, they were not a bad team last year. Like, they weren't like that, anything. You guys keep talking. <laughs> they, um, no, no, no. They, they lost a lot of games because they – um. They had that whole scandal go down. They lost some of their players and they uh, lost their chance. Hard, yeah. Like, that was actually a good team. Like, I mean, I'm not saying that Kentucky should have lost, especially by 17, but, like, you bring back everything that they missed and the fact that, you know, I don't know. I, I, I'm not – I don't know. I, mean, I guess we could also talk about, about Richmond this year starting off pretty hot. What are we looking at right now, about 19th? 19th, and they just beat they beat Wofford last night. Yes, Not they bad. did. I, I did see that one. So, um, we can also talk about Houston, who's 4 0. Houston's a good basketball program. I mean, they're, they're up to the seven. Um, there's a good game tonight. Um, I believe it's Creighton and Kansas. Um, I'm, I'm gonna be tuning into that one when that happens. Um, there's a bunch of Duke, Illinois tonight. I, I, Iowa, UNC. Yeah. A lot, lot of good games on tonight. Hey, Syracuse, Rutgers. There's, that's two 3-0 and teams. and That could be yeah. interesting. Penn State, Virginia Tech. Nah. <laughs> I think that's living in Pennsylvania bias. Virgi- no, Virginia Tech's only a five-point favorite. Yeah. You want to talk about good games, though. I don't mean to bring it up again because, yeah, but I'm I'm really excited for the fact that Michigan gets to, Michigan State gets to play Virginia, simply for the fact that Joey Hauser gets to play his brother for the first time since they transferred. And Virginia, I'll be honest, Virginia's not had the uh, greatest start we've ever seen. <laughs> they had a scare this week. I mean, they went to OT with Kent State, and they lost to San Francisco. Don't don't hate on San Francisco. San Francisco's a good basketball school. But Virginia should not be losing to San Francisco. No, they shouldn't. But San Francisco is still a good school when it comes to basketball. I mean, they have a national championship. From like 
the 60s? 50s. Okay. I, I was, wasn't it like 58 or something like that? I think it was 55. I think I, I looked it up the other day for whatever reason. All right. Um, I guess anything college basketball, because as usual, I think we're running long on news. So, yep. Not nearly as long as last week, though. Well, we, we're still not even, we're not like, we still have other things to do. Um, anything college basketball? I'm good. Yeah, I'm good as well. Um, I guess JR, NHL, anything? Uh, Actually, San Francisco has two national championships, 1955 and 56. Big time. Um, all right, yeah, Jared, anything in the NHL any, that you feel is worth mentioning on the show? Honestly, I don't really see anything. Okay. Um, so I guess we can move on to, I guess, soccer. Um, a big game in the Champions League. Actually, that just kicked off as we're recording this. It's Juventus versus Barcelona, Messi versus Ronaldo. Um, it very should be a very exciting game to see. Yeah, and I mean, I don't think it's for anything super. Yeah, no, it's not. Both teams are going to make it to the Champions League. It just depends on. Actually, no, Juventus would have to beat Barcelona by eight goals. Or no, my bad, four goals to take over the one seed. So I've seen crazier things happen. So <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong, but I doubt it. Yeah. Um, um, anything, I guess premier league season is still going on. Um, I, I don't know if anything really important happened. I mean, I mean, Jerry, you, you wanted to bring up maybe Harry Kane, 250 goals. That's, that's, that's a landmark, man. 250 goals. I feel like everyone hates on Harry Kane saying all he does is tap the ball in, but 250 goals. That's a lot. I don't think you can dispute that. We're not. Um, and then I guess anything else for, I guess, any of those leagues? I mean, the MLS, obviously, the playoffs have been happening. Well, there was a big game yesterday, I think. Yeah, Seattle is um, – they're going to be in the, the final. Let me pull up the bracket here. Um, Columbus. Is it Seattle and Columbus? Yes, it is. Yeah, and that will be on Saturday, December 12th at 8.30 p.m. Interesting game. Of course, no one cares about the MLS anyway, but. Yeah. Go sport in Kansas City. Come on, man. <laughs> Red Bulls all the way. Real Salt Lake FC. I don't know. We suck. Um, all right. Um, um, anything else in soccer? No. JR? Um, I, got, I got nothing. I got nothing. All right. So I guess we can move on. Uh, JR, as UFC, anything you feel worth mentioning? Um, I don't think so. I'm going to check real quick. Can we want to talk about Floyd Mayweather. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, actually, that, bring, that, brings some, that, that brings me to a really good point. So, you know, like we said, I'll bring up Floyd Mayweather first. Mayweather 
Roy Jones. It was a draw. It was a good fight. But... Oh, no, 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 no. Hold on. That was, not, that was Mike Tyson. That was Mike Tyson. Or not. Sorry. My bad. I, I meant to say boxing. You screwed me up, Ethan. Dang. I got so excited about what else I was going to bring up that I screwed that up. All right. Well, so, so Mike Tyson, Roy Jones had a draw. Yeah. Yeah. We said that last time. Yeah, but but the undercard to that was Jake Paul versus Nate we Robinson. Said that last time too. But that goes into what my favorite sports call of all time might be now. Snoop Dogg. No, Bill Walton. He was wait, calling. Wait, wait. Oh yeah! Was, oh yeah! He was ta- he was calling the UNC game. And Garrison Brooks got knocked to the ground and his glasses went flying off. And Bill Walton goes, Garrison Brooks got knocked up on the play and he got up faster than Nate Robinson. And that might have been my favorite sports call of all time ever. I mean, it's Bill Walton. Are you really surprised? Yeah. No, but it was hilarious. I was going to say about Floyd Mayweather that he will be, I, I, I guess, fighting – uh, Jake Paul's brother Logan Paul and I guess a special exhibition match was what they're calling it as of now but I don't know Logan Logan Paul won't make it out of three rounds I think Floyd he won't make it out of one I think <laughs> Floyd Mayweather is going to destroy him I'm, I'm sorry I know Logan Paul's height advantage is younger but Floyd Mayweather is our he's not a professional boxer <laughs> height advantage really height advantage hey you're going to throw height advantage into that I don't have you ever seen here. Rocky Four? Come on, Rocky got thrown around like a rag doll by the taller yeah. Drago. But, but we're, I don't think height advantage matters when you're yeah, fighting like size, Floyd like Mayweather. When you're fighting Floyd Mayweather, though, it doesn't matter. Oh, no, yeah. Logan Paul. Logan Paul has had his one professional fight. He lost. Who so, did he even lose to? I forget. I think some like I think a social media star known as KSI. That's Actually, right. I think he has two professional fights, one loss I'm and one sure draw. One. Oh no, he no, 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 no. KSI and him fought twice, and they drew the first time, and KSI won the yeah. second time. So well, Logan Paul's never won a fight before, and he's fighting Floyd Mayweather, <laughs> and he fight. won't win another fight. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I, I to honestly, be honest, I'm though. sorry, I I don't see Logan Paul making it out of the second round. I give him two rounds strictly for youth and for physical ability i think he's probably going to come into that fight a little bit more fit than floyd mayweather is at his age sure but yeah i think logan paul especially very very early on might have a couple of nice like shots on floyd mayweather but i think the i guess stamina of floyd mayweather is definitely going to help him that's how i want skill level skill level and skill level floyd mayweather is one of the greatest boxers we've ever seen in the game and the um, years of experience too. Yeah, so I, I I don't see Logan Paul winning that in all honesty. Um, but I guess anything else boxing MMA wise? Um, just MMA wise, in a couple of days, December twelfth, we'll have the f- uh, flyweight title fight with Davison Figueredo and Brandon Moreno. So Figueredo is looking to defend his second title, which is pretty impressive at twenty and one. Um. I believe this happened before last week. We just didn't mention it. Uh, I don't know the right word for this. I would say young up-and-comer. And I'm sorry if I pronounce his name wrong. And you'll understand why when I try and pronounce it. Kamzat Shimiev or something like that. 
his fight versus Leon Edwards, which was pretty hyped up because he's only been hit, I think, four times in UFC in three fights. That was called off because of, I believe, some personal reasons with Edwards, but that's all I got for UFC. All right. All right. Well, I guess, is there any other just miscellaneous news that we forgot to cover? I just want to make sure there's nothing in, like, golf or tennis or... I really don't think there is. Or MLB, because we didn't cover that. I didn't really see much. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it's their free agency period. I haven't seen any notable, notable signings yet, but... Yeah, like, I mean, there's some small ones, like Carlos Santana to the... Kansas City yeah. Royals and Adam Eaton to the White Sox. There's nothing huge, you know. We'll, we'll obviously let you know if, like, someone huge, something happens. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think if that covers it, I think we can move on to NBA roster outlooks, right? Hey. Yep. So, this is – we loved NFL roster outlooks, and we figured since the NBA season starting in – two weeks around that we might as well start covering the NBA roster. We're probably going to get through the full thing before the season starts, but we'll do as much as we can do. We're obviously going to do the Pacific and the Northwest. So do you want to do Pacific or Northwest first? Um, you guys. I, I think Northwest comes up first. So, Okay. So part of the reason why I picked Northwest is because it did have the trailblazers and jazz in there. So you guys are welcome. Okay, so obviously we'll cover, we'll cover our respected teams. Um, so I guess which team do you want to start off with first out of the five? Can I take oh, Denver? I can Hold I take up. Denver? Yeah, you can have Denver. Sure. We'll My phone is being super weird. All right, so as we know, Denver was a pretty solid team last year, you know, making it to – what, they made it to the fi- the Western Conference Finals, didn't they? Yeah. I mean, they returned pretty much everybody. They lost Jeremy Grant, but they brought in some solid rookies like RJ Hampton and one of my favorite guys out of Marquette, Marcus Howard. So, yep. you know, some guys to help out Jamal Murray up there in the backcourt. And like I just said, they obviously have Jamal Murray and um, Nikola Jokic at center, the best center in the league. Oh, yes, man. controversial, but I said it so. Um, and then they got some role players, you know, Michael Porter Jr., who's looking to be a star player hopefully soon, and Will Barton, Paul Millsap, I mean, at 35, but still Paul Millsap. And as I mentioned earlier in the show, Monte Morris resigning to uh, help out the Nuggets. That's that's really it, you know. What, what, about, your guy, what about your guy Gary Harris? I was just about to bring him up. Oh. But – uh. Yeah, Gary Harris, role player, shooting guard, but that's about it for Gary Harris because, well, Gary Harris has not been all that great. <laughs> all right, so who wants OKC? Well, yeah, uh, I, I'll take OKC. Okay. Uh, are you going to talk about their players or their picks? Well, <laughs> for those of you who don't know, OKC has about a gazillion first-round picks in the next five years, so – Definitely going to be interesting to see how that unfolds. Um, looking at OKC's lineup, um, obviously losing Chris Paul, but they do have Shea Gilgis-Alexander, who's proven himself to be one of the young stars in the league this 
as last year, and he's probably looking to do the same thing this year. Um, they lost Steven Adams, but they did get Al Horford. Um, they also did, oh, I don't know how to say the guy's name that they drafted. Alex Sedge. Oh, Alexia Pokusevsky. Alexia Pokusevsky, um, who's their seven foot center they drafted um, in this past year's draft. So they're looking maybe to put him, I don't know if he'll be their, I, I bet Al Horford will be the starting center. But all in all, this is a very, looking at this team, this is a very young um, Oklahoma City team. And especially with all the draft picks coming up, they should have a bright future. I will Can say, I just, oh, go ahead, JR. I just want to point out, I'm looking at this roster. And I hope you guys realize there's only like 15 people that can be on your bench. Yeah, I they, have a, they have a lot of least, people. I think I see at least 25. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't really know who you demote. Like, no, I think, I think with um, a few other guys, <laughs> they are like foreign guys who might still have a year of eligibility in their like quote unquote home league, I guess. Yeah. yeah, so that could be it. But I mean, also there's a lot of guys guy too. Yeah, there yeah. are some two-way guys. So, that I uh, they also drafted Tio Maladin um, out of France. So they they've got a lot of young talent and a lot of picks too. So they're... don't forget about don't forget about Omar Yurt Seven out of Georgetown. Yeah. Okay. You ever watch him play? Yeah, I watched Yurt Seven play. Are you kidding me? You didn't bring him up. Well, he I, also didn't bring up Lugens Dort, who yeah, was thought, insane in the playoffs last year. Yeah, Lugens Dort played some big minutes for OKC in the playoffs. They also, Not an offense guy, but they also. Want, oh, go ahead, Todd. I was just going to say, you want three and D? That's him right there. They also have Trevor Ariza. Seems like he's played for virtually every team as of now. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know. He's played for so many teams. It's not even funny. The Kings, the Blazers, the Thunder. <laughs> Wasn't he on, like, the Raptors at one point? I'm just going to pull up his – I'm just, yeah, I'm looking at this. I feel yes, like he was played, on the Raptors at one point. He's played for the Knicks, the Magic, the Lakers, the Rockets. The, he played for the Wizards. I knew that. I, he, he played, played for the Blazers, the Rockets, the Sun. He played for the Suns one year. He played for the Kings last year. He's playing for the Thunder this year. The guy's maybe been around the block. Did, yeah, I was going to say, maybe we should have just listed who he didn't play for. Well, I mean, oh, also also played for, he played for New Orleans, too. Which I believe, were they the Hornets at the – or no? Yeah, yeah, they were. Yeah. Um, but I guess um, who wants to do the Timberwolves? Oh, I thought we were going to just go down, like, in order of record. So, like, then it would be your jazz. Oh, I'll do the jazz, 100%. Um, <laughs> no kidding. So That was kind of the point. The, the, the jazz, I would say, bar, like, unless a couple things, they, they're pretty much returning a very similar team from last year. Obviously, they did, re, they did sign Derek Favis, who played for them um, before. Um, they drafted Udoka Azabuki out of Kansas. Um, they, they also got Elijah Hughes out of J.R. Syracuse. Um, 
they have Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell, who played well, Rudy Gobert. So they, all in all, they've got a solid team there, too. I'm surprised you didn't bring up Joe Ingles. They got That's Joe Ingles. guy. They got Joe Ingles. Okay. Well, I thought you were only saying, like, a couple players. I didn't know how many players we were supposed to mention. Well, but I thought you said he was that good, so I feel like you should bring up all the good players. <laughs> they, got Joe Ingles. they have Joe, Joe Ingles, Royce O'Neal. Okay, I said the good players, not Royce O'Neal. Royce O'Neal's good. Don't even. He's also their starting four, so. Not anymore. Who would you start over him? Okay. The chart I'm looking at, though, Bohan is your small forward, and Royce O'Neal is Luke. No, no. Joe Ingles is the three. Bogdanovich is the four. That's how they usually did it, but Bogey got hurt. Really? Because how I'm seeing it is Ingles is the second string small forward, and Royce O'Neal is in at four. Really? I Okay. That's ESPN, so. Oh. But anyway, you got some tools there that you can use. Yeah. All right, let's check out the Trailblazers here. Oh, what was that, huh? Nothing, I didn't say anything. Oh, yeah. you definitely did. I didn't, I didn't say anything. I don't know what you're talking about. All right, well, you got probably – one of the best front courts in all of basket sorry back courts with uh, in all of basketball Damian Lillard running the point CJ McCollum at the two Derek Jones comes over from uh from Miami he's going to play the three Covington gets moved to four um instead of three uh you got Mello in back who can also play the four Nurkic has uh hold up no Hassan Whiteside. Nurkic and Enos Cantor um, playing center. Yeah. Solid team. You also have Gary Trent, Anthony Simons, and uh, Rodney Hood. Oh, and Zach Collins. How could I even forget him? Isn't that like your favorite player on the team? Zach Collins? No. No, that's Myers Leonard. Ah, Myers Leonard. That's right. Who's not even on the team anymore. Yeah, all right, but so JR, do you want to cover the Timberwolves? I'll take the T Wolves. I'll take them. All right. Um, so I think before I get into anybody that's on the team, I think the Timberwolves could be a pretty fun team to watch this pat this coming year. I don't know if they're yeah. gonna be necessarily a playoff favorite by any means, but like with guys like Malik Beasley and obviously D and um Carl Anthony Towns. Like, that's a good – those are some good guys returning. You got some younger guys returning as well, like Josh Okogie and, uh, you know, college sensation from Texas Tech, Jared Culver. But you also pulled in some pretty solid rookies. I mean, not just – like, you know, they weren't high draft picks, but, I mean, obviously you have Anthony Edwards. I mean, the number one overall pick. You would hope he's fun to watch, right? But then you also got some guys like Ashton Higgins, who really showed out for Kentucky last year, and Jaden McDaniels, who was a pretty solid player at Washington and had some potential coming into the draft. I mean, you also bring in Ricky Rubio at point guard, and you got some solid guys like Evan Turner. And Hey, JR, just real quick. Um, going back to soccer right now, in the 26th minute, um, Juve's already up 2 nothing on Barcelona. 
Well, shoot, four nothing. Here we come. Ronaldo scored a pen, and Weston McKinney got a goal. Hey. U.S. But yeah, two nothing in the twenty-six minute. Just wanted to throw that out there uh, real quick. Um, so yeah. Um. Also, Jr. Evan Turner uh, retired and is now the one an assistant coach for the Celtics. So. What is ESPN doing then? He's sitting right here on their roster. Hey, we got to He's not on the depth chart. So I'm just looking at the roster. He's right above Jared Vanderbilt. You could bring up Rondé Hollis Jefferson, though. What? Why is he not on here? Go to the depth chart. Go to the depth chart. Yeah, I know he's on the team, but like I wouldn't have remembered if you didn't say something because he's not on the roster. Yeah, I was pretty much done when Ethan interrupted me, though. <laughs> All right. Well, moving to the Pacific, I guess I'll take the Lakers. Um, so, obviously, this Lakers team was the champion team of last year. They did have some moving around. So, looking like this, obviously, LeBron James and Anthony Davis, two of the probably top ten best players in the NBA right now. Um you guys also have some good role player, not role players. You also have like Dennis Schroeder, Montres Harrell. I would Mark- call them role players. You would? Okay. So they got role players such as Dennis Schroeder, Montres Hale, Kyle Kuzma, Marcus Saul, Wesley Matthews, Contavious Caldwell Pope. So all in all, honestly, a very solid team um for the Lakers coming back next year again. And I could see them very well making another run in the playoffs. Todd, yeah. Ethan, Ethan really just said got some solid role players and then just about named every single person that the Lakers play. I well, mean, all of them good role players. That is kind of the Lakers in a nutshell. I wouldn't call Mark Gasol quite a role player, given, given that he's your starting center. Montrez Harrell is the reigning sixth man of the year. Um, but he's the backup center. I mean, yeah. But he's also the reigning sixth man of the year. Um, well, but that's the point. When you're a sixth man, you come off the bench. Yeah. I will say two things that stick out to me. One, Markeith Morris, too. Um, he played phenomenally in the playoffs. Uh, it'll be exciting to see him there. Two, um, on the depth chart, LeBron is running the point and Dennis Schroeder is playing at the two, which is interesting because Schroeder came out saying that he wanted to play point. So Okay, but I feel like I feel like technically Dennis Schroeder is the point guard because technically LeBron James is a small forward, but he just does everything the point guard can. You know what I mean? I, I do know what you mean, but at the same time, like, you know, just list him as either your shooting guard or your small forward. Yeah. Um, moving on, um, who wants the Clippers? I want, I want the uh, Kings. That's all I care about. I'll take the Clippers, though, if you want. Okay. If Todd, you don't want them. No, you can have them. I'll take, like, Phoenix. I'll take right. Gold- I guess I'll take Golden State then. Okay, Ethan gets the Golden State Warriors. All right. So yeah, Clippers. About the Clippers. I mean, you're returning probably your two biggest players with Kawhi and Paul George, looking for a little bit of a revenge tour. Um, (laughs) you know, you bring in a guy like Serge Ibaka, seasoned vet, 
I mean, we know what he can do. Plus, you have guys like Luke Kennard from the uh, Detroit Pistons in that trade. Um, They also drafted center Daniel Oturu, who was pretty solid for Minnesota back in his college days last year. You can't forget Lou Williams, Mr. Sixth Man. I mean, he's going to have that award named after him by the time he retires. But, I mean, you got some, again, as we kind of were talking, the reason why we're doing this is to talk about the role players, I feel like. So you got guys like Reggie Jackson, like Pat Bev. Yep. Um, you know, Marcus Morris is there. Mark Heath's brother, Todd, that you brought up. Yep. You know, Joakim Noah's there, my man from Florida. Hold up. Is I saw something about him. Didn't he, like – Did he get waived? He retired. What? Yeah, Joakim Noah retired. Yeah, because he got waived. Or is what gonna the heck? I was going to yeah. say, didn't I just read that he was out of the league? Yeah, yeah. No, you're right, because I know what you're talking about. I saw that, too. But ESPN really needs to step it up here, boys. I'm telling you, depth chart. You don't have these problems then. Fair enough. But yeah, you also want this guys like Zubas. I was getting to him. He's at the end of the list because it's alphabetical. Okay. That's all I had, though. All right. All right. All right, Todd, the Phoenix Suns. Let me pull up the depth chart here. Um, this is going to be – I will just preface. This is going to be an exciting team to watch. Um, Chris Paul at point guard. Devin Booker, who was just insane in the bubble. Um McCall Bridges, Jay Crowder, DeAndre Ayton, throw in uh, first-round pick Jalen Smith. Um, yeah, Dario Saric. Um, yeah, they could use a little bit more depth, I will say that. Um, but solid team all around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, JR, you, you really wanted the Kings, so – I like I like the Kings team. I don't necessarily know how great they're going to be, but I just like the players on the team. De'Aaron Fox is so fun to watch. I mean, one of the fastest guys in the NBA with the ball at point. And you got Buddy Heald, I mean, phenomenal three-point shooter. Who knows how much longer he'll be there with the Kings, but, I mean, he's solid. You got to put Tyrese Halliburton, their first-round pick in there, huge deal from the draft. I'd expect him to play some huge bench minutes and, you know, be an impact from his first day there. And a guy that kind of went under the radar, Texas Tech, Jemias Ramsey, he was a projected first-round pick at one point last year, and he didn't go in the first round, but he's a solid guard as well. You know, they've got some all-right depth, and you got guys like Corey Joseph and Kyle Guy, I'm sure any NBA fan or college basketball fan knows those two names. Small forward is a little shaky. Harrison mm-hmm. Barnes is what the small forward is looking like with Glenn Robinson. Um, it could be worse. It could be worse, but it definitely could be better. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And you got a guy like Marvin Bagley, Ethan, your guy out of Duke. Yes, sir. He's a solid power forward, you know. I'm sure he'll be, he'll be good for the Kings. You got Rashawn Holmes is listed as the starting center over Hassan Whiteside. I don't think that'll be the case. 
how many points Rashawn Holmes put up? He was a 12-8 type of guy last year. Yeah, but Hassan Whiteside was the block champ, so... Hassan Whiteside was also 15-13. Yeah. Yeah. Hassan Whiteside should be starting there. And you got Todd's guy from Wisco, Frank Kaminsky. I would take Hassan Whiteside over Kaminsky any day of the week, but... Fair enough, fair enough. Um, all right, so I guess I'll move on to the Warriors. Um, obviously, a very strong starting lineup. It could be stronger with Clay Thompson, but unfortunately, as reported, he's out for the year. Uh, but looking at the starting lineup, uh, Steph Curry coming back after, I guess, an on and off injury season last year. So obviously, he's going to be looking to continue his dominance. Um, Andrew Wiggins at shooting guard. Kelly Oubre Jr. at the small forward, Draymond Green at the power forward, and James Wiseman, the first, the second overall pick out of out of Memphis, um, is their starting center. They've got some strong uh, role players like Brad Wanamaker, Kent Bazemore, Eric Pascal, Marquise Chris, Kent Bazemore. They've got a Kent Bazemore twice. Oh, I said Kent. Excuse me. Yeah, but um, overall, a solid Warriors team. It could be better, obviously, with Clay Thompson, but. Yeah. Uh, the starting lineup looks pretty good. Don't forget Kayvon Looney, too. And Kayvon Looney, yeah. I mean, you're also missing Nico Mannion. That was a pretty huge steal in the draft. The depth Back chart the doesn't show round. him. Yeah, okay, but you know he's, he's on, on, that on the depth chart. That's probably because he hasn't signed a contract yet. I think he has. Has he? Yeah. There's no way Nico Mannion's not on the Warriors' depth chart. That goes back to, like, the fifth-string point guard. Yep. Yep. Well, they have, they have Draymond Green, the fourth straight point guard. So, yep. I was going to say that Draymond is the fourth string. <laughs> Hold on. Yeah, no, Nico Mannion does not have a contract yet. Oh, so I, I'm assuming he'll probably be the third or second string point guard if he comes in. But yeah. Probably um, third. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know if we'll go over Wanamaker, especially rookie year. But um, I guess we want to take a little break for Audis and Hot Takes. Yeah, let's do it. All right, so we're going to take a little break. So check out this little message from our good buddies at Anchor. And thank you for listening to that message from Anchor. Um, all right, my favorite segment, oddities. Here we go. Ethan, I'm assuming you're going to start. Sure. So I have a story for you guys. Oh, yes. One of Ethan Thager's famous stories. Um, I don't think I've ever heard of one of Ethan's figures. They will now. <laughs> so, all right. So this is this is in um, 19, August of nineteen nineteen. Okay, MLB. It, it is the MLB. What? Ray Caldwell is on the mound for the um, Cleveland Indians against the Philadelphia Athletics, and had the team up two to one in the top of the ninth inning, and. During that time, he got struck by lightning. Didn't you tell us this one? No, I've never told this one. I just There's, found this one. I, I think he definitely told us about this one before. You nope. definitely did. I don't think it was on air, but, like, you definitely said this. All right, well, I'll explain it to the fans then. So, basically, this guy got struck by lightning, um, and everyone feared he was killed. Howard picked himself off the ground, and he, and he rubbed some dirt on it as – most players did back then, and he he got the final out to seal the win after getting struck by lightning. I don't think I've told you that, but I must have. But 
I definitely heard that from you. I just don't know when. I just I don't I don't know what's more impressive. The fact that he lived or the or fact that he, that he actually won the game. <laughs> That's facts. That's like the most impressive feat to just like yeah. have electricity shot through you and then be like all right, I'm going to finish the game, then I'll go to the hospital. <laughs> All right, yes, so I'm going to have Jared go next because obviously we'll save the best for last for Todd. Oh, so, Jared, go ahead. I do want to point out that uh, the PSG game was just called off mid-game. Why? Really? Um, the PSG players walked off after some uh, – I don't know if it was fans or pl- a player from – Basa Kassir. I know they're from Turkey. I don't oh, know how to pronounce was, was it. Like something about race. Racial. Yeah, there was an alleged racist comment, and PS the players uh walked Wait, off. The whole the just PSG team just left. Actually, now that I'm looking at it, it didn't actually say PSG. I don't know. Both right, just players. We'll, we'll find more about it later. Yep. Oh, it was apparently from the official. Wait, what? So their remark. The remark was from the official. Towards PSG? I don't know. It says that both teams walked off. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, obviously, we'll, we'll, we'll find more on about this story later on. But all right. right. Okay. So, I want to take you guys back to last week when we talked about records and sports that are so hard that you don't think they're ever going to be broken again. You found okay. another one, didn't you? The men's long jump world record. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Back in the Beaming. summer of 69. Yep. And it hasn't been broken since, I don't think. No. I don't, uh, actually, hold up. I think it has. It actually might have been broken recently now that I think about that. I don't think it was recently. Oh, look. You tell the story. That was the story. Oh, come on. You didn't even mention the guy's name. Hold on. I don't want to mention the guy's name and then have it be wrong. You were thinking of Bob Beeman, right? Pretty sure, yeah. He does not have the record anymore. I don't think. He has the Olympic record. Yeah, that's what I meant. Sorry, Olympic record. The world record is Mike Powell. Yeah, yeah, I meant Olympic record. That's my bad. What did I read? It was something like... Um, at the 2016 Olympics, they missed like the person who won gold missed Bob Beeman's mark by like two feet or something like that. Yes, yes, that that I I did forget that part of the story that was on the website that I used because I'm not as good as Todd and I don't come up with these elaborate plans from books. Oh yeah, the books. All right, um, um, now obviously everyone's excited for this moment we've all been waiting for. Todd, what is your first oddity? Well, all right, since since we have um, since we have a couple here, like we're all gonna give a couple. I'm gonna start out with a, a little bit less of a high powered one. Um, are either of you guys familiar with the name Bob Gibson? Nope. Okay, well, he's a uh, a Hall of Fame pitcher who actually died earlier this year. Um, but that's not why I'm bringing him up. I'm bringing him up because in 1968, he was pitching for the St. Louis Cardinals. Okay. And his 
yearly ERA was 1.12. Pretty good. That's more than pretty good. That is unheard of. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's pretty insane. He's um, a nine-time Golden Glove, a two-time World Series champ, uh, a two-time Cy Young. Well, he's a, a nine-time Golden Glove and a two-time Cy Young, a one-time League MVP, and an eight-time All-Star. Pretty good. Pretty good career. Yeah, <laughs> I'd say. Yeah. Um, all right. So my second oddity. All right. Have Have you guys ever heard of Worm Charming? Yes, actually. How does he know all this? Did, it's there's, there's a video. There's a video about some of the stuff that you've brought up. So basically, and... I'll explain to JR. So basically, th- there's a sport known as worm charm, where basically the goal of it is trying to attract earthworms from the ground. Yep. Just rain. Just make it rain. Well, you could do that. Yeah, but yeah, the activities, it's usually used to collect bait for fishing, but also to take form of competitive sports in areas such as Guess where? East Texas. Yep, that's pretty much the <laughs> it short started, end of it. It actually started in London, but it's it's a very interesting sport, nonetheless. Yeah, they um like mark off sections for each contestant, like with spray paint, yeah. and so you can only work in that square. And then you just they use these things that are kind of like pitchforks to just like churn up the earth and. Yeah, it's it's very interesting. Um, that, just sounds like, that just sounds like yard work rather than a sport. Yard, yard work, yeah. I mean, no offense, if like the people who are listening, like if that's the sport you want to go pro in, I'm all for it. But like pro worm charmer, maybe get paid for that. <laughs> Wait, Jr. Jr. You and we could go to, into octopus wrestling and worm charming. We could be the we could be the best worm charming octopus wrestling duo in the whole entire country. The only. <laughs> the I, only I, feel like we, I feel like we could say that right now and no one would take it away from us. But you'd have you know to what? at least wrestle one octopus. All right. Does um, calamari count? No. <laughs> no. That's not even octopus. Fishing. Oh shoot! It's. No, that's caviar. <laughs> <laughs> Ethan, <laughs> calamari is squid, not octopus. Oh, oh Ethan, not fish eggs. <laughs> I thought I screwed up, but then Ethan said fish eggs. <laughs> uh, we can add that quote to the um, the famous quotes. Um, all right, Jay, what's your second hot take? Okay, so Todd, you're a big tennis guy, right? Okay, yeah, sure. Isn't I would say last time you're a tennis fan. Yeah. So, try tennis in a wheelchair and then win 470 games straight and four Paralympic gold medals. What? (laughs) Who is this Paralympian? This is tennis legend Esther Vergeer. She won 470 straight tennis games, matches. I don't know the technical term. Well, it's like it, 470. Are we talking because they're two different things? Are you talking like the whole thing? Because then it would the be a match. Thing. The okay. Whole thing. Then it's matches. Because games, you could also say games, but those are within each set, which is within a match. Sure. All so right. matches. That's more impressive. 
All right, Todd, what's your um, second hot take? Or sorry, um, All right, let's do this. Um, so I did a little number crunching a while ago because I had this, this theory that the Las Vegas – well, yeah, the now Las Vegas Raiders are the best team for tight ends. Because you think about all of the guys who have put on a Raiders uniform that have been great tight ends. You know, you've got like Jared Cook, um, Darren Waller, although Waller's never been to a Pro Bowl. But, you know, Jared Cook. um, Oh, shoot. Todd Christensen and um, Dave Casper. Thank you. Yeah. The ghost. Um, You know, these great tight ends. So, you know what I did? I went and I counted up the Pro Bowls at the tight end position for each NFL team. And here's what I found. Thank you. Uh, Several days. That's such a Todd thing to do. That's that's not an insult. That's just – I'm not I worked on it off and on, though. So it wasn't like I was sitting at the computer for, like, days on end. Anyway. I would hope not. I would hope not. Yeah. The Raiders are number three with um, – so out of every year of their existence since the merger, um, they have had – actually, I'll just do the math right here because I have the ratio. Um, you know what? I'm not going to do the math. Never mind. But um, 0.327 um, tight ends per year. Now, there was one year that they had two tight ends that went to the Pro Bowl, so that kind of threw things off a little bit. But um, for the most part, that's what it is. Number one was the Cowboys, actually, which I was not expecting with .469 tight ends because you got, like, Jason Witten and Jay Novacek and those guys. Okay. And then the, um, the Bills and the Rams have never had a tight end make the Pro Bowl. Never. <laughs> you said the Bills and the Rams? Yeah. Well, hopefully Jared Everett, Gerald Everett, Tyler Higby, or Dawson Knox can make the Pro Bowl at some point. You know, <laughs> it won't be this year, but. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yep. All right, so my third hot take. So we all know the game of polo, right? Like the horse one? Correct. Okay. Hold on, Ethan. I want to make sure I heard you right. You said third hot take? Oddity. I keep yeah. saying hot take. You said that last time too. Oh my god! Yeah, my brain just stopped. Has stopped working for the past five minutes. Yeah, but anyway, you guys heard of, heard of polo? Yes. I'm assuming Todd's gonna know what I'm about to say here. I don't actually. Have you ever heard of tuck tuck polo? Um, is it like with the little Indian motorcycle things? Yeah, it's polo but played with tuck tucks. Okay. It's, it's popular in Sri Lanka. Of course it's Sri Lanka. Yeah, so basically, it's basically the game of polo, but you, like, I guess just out, you're, like, driving around in a little tuk-tuk just trying to hit the ball. Yeah, because why not? In Sri Lanka, but of course. Yep. All right, so, Jared, what's your third oddity? This one's not that good, and this is the one that I couldn't find until, like, last <laughs> second. So... We all know the GOAT of basketball. LeBron James. Ethan. Yeah. <laughs> out of the Zoom meeting. Just gone. <laughs> no, it's Michael Jordan. It's, it's Michael uh, Jordan. John Stockton. 
Johnson. Okay, now you're really kicked out of the meeting. <laughs> okay. Michael Jordan, so, yeah, we got it. What, what's Michael Jordan's high school basketball nickname? The GOAT. Are, are we talking when he was, like, on the team or – Yeah, when he was in high school. What's his, what's his basketball nickname? Well, no, the I'm goat. saying because he got cut from his high school team, so. Sophomore year. Like, so, what do you think in other most? words, what's his freshman basketball nickname? What do you think it is? I have no clue. Magic. So we could add Magic Jordan and Magic Johnson. No, it was named Mad. He was named Magic after Magic Johnson. Michael Jordan was given the nickname of Magic Johnson. Right, but we I'm saying we could have had Magic Jordan and Magic Johnson. Pretty much, yeah. But I think it's kind of ironic that he was named after this great guy in the NBA, only to become better than him in the NBA and then beat him. Well, the thing I find interesting is that Magic isn't that old. He's not that much older than MJ. No, he's not. And I think it was like, it probably had something to do with the fact that Magic was good while he was in high school. I was going to say, like, Magic probably – he still would have been at MSU. Would he have? I think he would have because, what, MJ got drafted in 84, right? Yeah. So I think Magic Johnson – didn't they win the championship in 79? That might Wasn't be that- it. Magic Johnson was selected in 79. Yeah, so right after they won the national championship. So I guess... Well, actually, I'll just go by age here. So Magic is 61. MJ is... No, not Michael Jackson. Michael... (laughs) (laughs) Who, Who else is called MJ other than Michael... Sheesh. All right, MJ is 57, so four years difference. Yeah, I mean, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, because MJ was at UNC from 81 to 84, which means he would have been like a freshman in like 77. Yeah. So Magic would have been the, – the one thing that would throw this off is if he was like a – no, okay, yeah. From 77 to 79, he was at MSU. So, yeah. Interesting. Odd, I think you just somehow made my hot take even more – or sorry, yeah, Ethan, you're screwing me up. My right. oddity, even more odd. All right. Effect on people. All right, Todd, what's your um, last oddity here? All right. Have either of you guys heard of Jose Seda? I feel like I've heard the name, but I'm not familiar. Yeah, I think I think that's a name I've heard of before. Okay, so hold up. I got to get my – okay, here we go. Yeah, Jose Seda um, was a pitcher for the Marlins back in, like, the late 2000s. And he wasn't very good. Um, his, I want to say his career ERA was like 
4.66 or something like that. Ouch. Like he was not good. And I will say if you have watched um, John Boyce of SB Nation did an episode of um, I think it was Chart Party of Jose Seda. Yeah, he played for the Marlins from 2010 to 2011. Oh, wow. Sheesh. His career ERA is 4.66 as average, and his record is 0-1. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like, that's gotta be bad. That's got to, like, hurt his heart and soul. Like, never winning a game? Well, it, it gets better. Because um, in, in 2011, the Florida Marlins were 72 and 90. And uh, I guess some of his teammates got bored and um, for an entire inning locked Jose Seda in a clubhouse bathroom. Like they piled up sandbags in front of the door so he couldn't get out. That man had a rough MLB career. The roughest two years of his life. He also, um, this is what the John Boyce episode focuses on. He once had an at-bat, or like he was pitching um, to a guy named, what was it, Jose Casillas, who was a great pitcher. But for some reason, uh, no, that wasn't, it wasn't Jose. Hold up. Um, he was, he was playing Santiago Casilla. That's right. He was playing for the giants and for some reason found himself at bat. And he literally just like stands off from home plate. Like he has no intention of hitting the ball. And Jose Seda walked him in four pitches. So wait, he wasn't in the batter's box. Nope. And the guy chose to walk him? No, no, he didn't choose to. He was just that bad. Like, it was a gimme out, and he walked him. So, wait, he pitched four pitches, trying to throw three strikes, and missed every time. Yes. Watch the – seriously, watch the John Boyce video. It's like 13 minutes or something like that. It's the worst plate appearance ever. You know, I, I started to feel bad for this guy. But that's more. He deserves it. (laughs) Oh, my. It's ridiculous. Yep. Well, I guess that wraps up oddities. Um, We'll wrap up here real quick with hot takes. Um, I'll start off. So, actually, I was going to think, I was thinking about the NFL. Um, I was actually going to think about the Carson Wentz, Jalen Hurts situation. And I'm going to say the Eagles make the playoffs with Jalen Hurts as their starting quarterback. But in the first wildcard playoff game, um, Jalen Hurts is going to be playing very badly in the first half. So they bring back Carson Wentz, and he leads him to a victory to make it to the division. I'm not going to say they weren't going to win the Super Bowl, but that could problem happen. I, the problem I have with that is Carson Wentz's playoff reputation. Mm. But, hey, he might – well, he's going to be on the other side – He's going to be like the Nick Foles. I'm not going to say he's going to play like Nick Foles, but he's going to he's going to be in the situation that Nick Foles was in. You know, my problem is the Eagles making the playoffs. Yeah, that that is my big problem there. I don't yes. see the Eagles doing that. 
Well, it's a hot take. So, uh, Jer, what's your hot take? Before I get to mine, I just want to point out, this would be the second time that Jalen Hurts would get benched for somebody in the playoffs only for that person to play very, very good. Yeah. Ring a bell, Ethan? Oh, yeah. We won the national championship because of that decision. All right, so here's my hot take. I feel like it's really far off, but at the same time, could happen. You know, we did some roster outlooks today, and we looked at the Phoenix Suns, did we not? We did. Phoenix, top three seed in the West, and makes it to the Western Conference Finals. Not past it. I I don't think they make the NBA Finals, but they'll be a top two team in the West when the playoffs are all said and done. That's doable. Yeah. Um, All right. Then real quick, Todd, what's your hot take for today? All right. Here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say Wizards make the playoffs as one of the top four seeds in the East. Very interesting. I don't know know what's more interesting. The fact that you questioned the Wizards playoff ability earlier. No, you you did that. No, you were the one that said, I don't know about playoffs. But didn't you agree with me? I don't know. I kind of had that in the back of my head. I said that they might not mesh well together. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I I wouldn't be opposed to that happening. I would very much enjoy that. Why would you be? Yeah. But I guess that wraps up our show. I just want to say real quick that um, on Thursday, it's Tuesday today, I'm going to be getting my wisdom teeth out, so I don't know if the podcast will be recorded without me or not. We'll see, depending on scheduling. So I just wanted to throw that out there in case I'm not part of one of the podcasts. I'll um, probably be back by next week. I, sh- I Hopefully, barring no like complications or anything. But I, sh- I just wanted to throw that out there just in case I wasn't around. Yep. But um, Yeah, but like we said, also we want to point out that we're doing the Noah Spence interview very soon, so that should Eat be out. What? We haven't announced that yet. Uh, I said very soon. I didn't say when. No. No, We didn't announce that he was our interview guy. Yeah. Um, All right. So we're going to. Actually, change of plans. This episode is going up on Thursday now instead of Wednesday because I was going to put it out on Wednesday. But by this time, you will have already heard Noah Spence's interview. Yeah. So Noah Spence is going to be the was our interview guy. So, yeah. My, my, my mistake, I thought it was already... You announced it on Snapchat, did you not, JR? Ethan, nobody on Snapchat actually watches our podcast. It, it, I, it, I don't it, see why it matters. Okay, point is, yeah, this is Thursday, so we would interview with no expense. Um, but, yeah. So, I guess anything else before we sign off? Mm, I need an aspirin. <laughs> I, need, I need an Ethan mute button. You can mute me because you're the you're the controller. You can. Actually, I do have an Ethan mute button. Except he can unmute himself. So Yeah. I have the so. kick Ethan from the Zoom meeting button. All right. Um, Todd, you want to hit us the outro before I say anything else that could damage us? All right. Um, well, until next time, I'm Todd File. I'm Ethan Fager. And I'm Jeremy Zarek. And we are signing off.